Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. When you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven. Think about that. God could have had us call him anything he wanted. He could have said, when you addressed me, say, Supreme Emperor. He could have had us call him Divine All-Powerful Eminence. Think of the things that are under his control. And think of the grandest title that you could give to describe God's work in the universe and in our world. The most prestigious, awe-inspiring title would fit. In fact, the Bible gives us many great and glorious titles that are given to God, and they are used to describe him. But in the intimacy of prayer, Jesus directs us to pray, Our Father. And with these words, God, the one who creates everything, tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children. Which just reminded me I skipped over the small catechism part. (laughs) But Jesus is the only begotten son of God with whom the father is well pleased. But because of Jesus... We are sons of God. We just read, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs. Heirs. You're God's heir, according to promise. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The fact that we are to call God, the, the mo- who is the most holy, omnipotent, all-knowing being in the world, the one who made everything that there is and that we can see and that can be known, that we are to call him Father, That fact is not lost on the Apostle John. In his writing, he said, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children? And so we are. Because of Jesus' sacrifice that was born out of the Father's love, we have peace with God. In baptism, which applies Jesus' work to us, We were made God's children, born again of water and the Spirit. We who deserve his wrath, you read Romans 5, we deserve his wrath. Instead of his wrath, we receive mercy. Meaning that we don't get the punishment that we deserve. And we receive grace meaning we get fellowship with God and eternal life in heaven, which we could never earn. We who were once enemies and objects of just, divine, and holy wrath were tenderly, tenderly invited to believe that he's our true father 
and that we, even we, are his children. Now, some people reject to calling God Father. And some people in our day and age, find they find that word oppressive. Other people have had bad experiences with their earthly fathers. I, I've had people tell me, um, and in serious situations, that they can't use the term father because their father abandoned them. And I've even had some people tell me, even worse, that their fathers have abused them. I tell everyone who objects to the term the same thing, and I do it tenderly and with lots of patience because this is a sensitive issue. But I tell them first, I agree with them that they had fathers who did not take care of them as they were supposed to do. And then I remind them or ask them, how do you know? And again, in a, in, a, in a gentle way, how did they know that their fathers did not do what fathers were supposed to do? How did they know that their fathers were bad and wrong fathers? The answer is this, because their heavenly father wrote his law upon their hearts. The law tells them what love is supposed to do, and they can look at what love is supposed to do and see that their fathers went against what love would have had them do. They could plainly see by their heavenly father's loving law that their fathers fell short and even outright abused those that they were supposed to take care of. You see, the law, it describes what we are not, but it also describes everything that our Heavenly Father is and provides. As a father should for his children, our Heavenly Father has not only created us, he takes care of us. He gives us clothing, shoes, food, drink, house, home, wife, children, all we have. The very air we breathe. He richly and daily provides us with all that we need to support this body and life. And he defends me. He defends me as a father should. And guards and protects me from all evil. No good father would abandon their children. No. They go after their children. They care for them at great cost to themselves. They pay the cost, no matter what it is, to keep their children with them in relationship to them. And the Father's love for you has caused him to send Jesus to die in your place, and to rise for your life. Our Father is selfless, and He does whatever love would do to make you His own. But we might ask, what if I don't deserve the love that He has for me? (laughs) Well, the short answer is, you don't. 
You don't deserve the love the Father has for you, and neither does anybody else. But his love and mercy wouldn't be gifts if we earned them. They would be wages. Think for a moment about a little baby, just a little tiny baby, who is brought into a loving home with his father and mother. What does that baby contribute to the heating or cooling bill? Nothing. Nothing. How does that baby pitch in when it comes to chores around the house, like folding laundry or dishes? It doesn't. It doesn't. We, I don't know why, but we were foolish and we did uh, washable diapers. That baby just caused work. Or babies, I should say. What about that baby's performance? Causes the parents to love them. Nothing. Nothing. In fact, that baby costs the parents sleepless nights. It costs them doctor's appointments and food. It costs them in the in the day to day, in the day to day. I guess we would call it uh, me time. <laughs> Your me time is slashed by about 75% when you get a baby in the house. A good mom and dad in many and various ways laid down their lives for the sake of that child. As a dad, I would like to think that I do whatever it takes to keep my children provided for and keep them in a good relationship with me. But I am sure that if you interviewed Noah or Adeline or my wife, they could share with you all the ways that I fall short. But the amazing thing is, where I have failed, their Heavenly Father never will. And whether your Father failed you, I guess wherever your Father failed you, your Heavenly Father cannot He cannot. He is faithful. He cannot deny himself. Jesus uh, describes the Father's love for us with the parable of the prodigal son. It's perhaps my favorite. He says, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give the share of the property that is coming to me. And the father divided his property between them. And not many days later, that younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. His brother would later point out that he spent it all on on prostitutes. Not many days, uh, and when he had spent everything, A severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the food that he was feeding to the pigs. Jesus describes a son 
who cherished the things that the Father gave him more than his relationship with the Father. By asking for his inheritance while the Father was still alive, he was actually saying, I don't really care if you're dead or not. I want the stuff that you can give me. And he used the Father's gifts. I don't know if you noticed that. But he used the Father's gifts and the Father's care to get as far away from his Father as he possibly could. And this is the parable. It's given to describe each of us. We've all abused our Heavenly Father's gifts and provisions. Everybody in this room, myself included. We have often used and abused the things of this world. And we have many times. I'm just assuming you have the same experience as me. We have many times found ourselves alone in our shame after doing so. Jesus continues. But when the son came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I'll arise and go to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your servants. And he arose and went to his father. You see, we often do what this child did. In our relationship with God, we often barter and make promises that we can't keep. We do this because our sin leads us to the conclusion we really do need God. We really do need the gifts that he gives. And no one, no one can live without air, food, drink, shelter that God provides. Nobody. And some of us come to our senses and realize every good and every perfect gift It comes from one place. And like it or not, we need God. This child recognized his need, but he didn't dare and try assume that his father would want him as a son anymore. But he was mistaken. He was mistaken. While the son was still a long way off, his father saw him, and I love this, it says he felt compassion And he ran, ran and embraced him and kissed him. The son, stuck in this embrace, said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, bring quickly the best robe. Get him out of these clothes. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let's eat and celebrate. For this, my son, was dead. And he is alive again. He was lost. He's found. And they began to celebrate. I love reading this. The father feels compassion pounding in his heart for his son. Love that makes his old legs begin to run with arms wide open. 
He's ready to pull his wayward son into his embrace and provide for all of his needs before the son says a word. He does all, all of this before the son even confesses his sin. And when we see the loving sacrifice of Jesus, you know what we're really seeing? The Father's love. One of Jesus' disciples, Philip, was confused about this whole Trinity thing. And he said, just show us the Father and that will be enough for us. But Jesus' Jesus' response was this. Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? When we see Jesus lay down his life, we, is, we see that there is nothing that our Father would not suffer to have us home. There is no shame that he will not endure to take away our shame. His compassion beats in his chest as he runs to us with open arms. The entire word of God is testimony of a father lovingly providing for, protecting, making, and redeeming children, his children. It is a story of a father seeking his children so that they can be safe at home with him. So when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven. And based on his words, say this with boldness. Say it with confidence. Just as dear children ask their dear fathers, you are his beloved child. And out of all the titles that we could give God, he lovingly wants you to call him Father. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.